I never pretend to be something I'm not. You get what you see when you see what I've got. We live in the real world. I'm just a real girl. I know exactly where I stand. It's time to celebrate the solo career of Rosa Ebel Mutia Buena. You're listening to Pod of the Pops, the podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, The Sugar Babes. The comings, the goings, and the solo careers. Welcome back to Pod of the Pops, the podcast that dissects British girl bands' careers and looks at life when the group has ended. This series, we are looking at the girl brand with tank tops tinier than Amel's publishing checks. It's <laughs> the Sugar Babes! <laughs> I'm your host, comedian Aaron Twitchin, and as ever, I am the English rose between two Scottish thistles. Sup. Lauren over here. Oh, was, that, was that the year 2000? Well, now Amel is joining the band. She's gone straight. That's right. Well, I was just trying to get into the modes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm Karen. <laughs> Spark and joy as always. Yep. This is a podcast of two halves. First, we look at the career of the girl group, the Sugar Babes, as a new member arrives or leaves. And then we look at the solo career of arriving or departing babe. So where did we leave it? We left it. Heidi joined the group and they had stormed on to have the commercially successful albums Angels with Dirty Faces in the elaborately titled Hours of Work 3. (laughs) Yeah, very, very standard name. Probably named after the three number ones they had achieved. Ah. Yes. So where do we find ourselves? It's 2005. Can you picture the scene? Queen Elizabeth is on the throne and Tony Blair is governing as the longest British Prime Minister. At this point, everyone hates him. <laughs> well, people don't know what's to come. Oh, God. You know, she's still sitting on that throne. What What health care have they got? It ain't the NHS. It's some sort of medicine in it to keep you alive. I imagine it's like George George's Marvellous Medicine. <laughs> that was the first line of a four-line monologue about where we were. <laughs> where he descended into, how is the Queen alive? <laughs> Because sorry, she, sorry, please continue. The Queen is alive. Much, so it's much like Tony Blair being Prime Minister and everyone hating him. Everyone may be hating the Queen, but she's holding on because she knows what's to come. We think 2020's been bad. <laughs> if she dies next year, we don't know what's going to take over when the lizard people crawl out of Charles. It's true. <laughs> also, Mutia would have us believe. So where are we, Sugar Babes-wise? The Sugar Babes transition into their third lineup. During this. So we are in the Taller in More Ways album era. Or as I like to think of it, the Hair Extensions album. Nice. <laughs> that cover where they are, do you need to see her? The cover made me think that like, oh wow, their feet. But now I look at it, yep, Hair Extensions. Oh, I never saw anything but Hair Extensions. This is the Hair Extensions album. And we've just come to the point where everyone has straighteners now. Because do you remember there was that point? Yes. Where if you wanted straight hair, you had to get your friend to do it with an iron? Yep. yep. Do you remember when you would literally lean your head on an iron? Yeah. And so you'd be going, closer, closer. I smell it burning, closer. <laughs> And then straighteners actually became a thing. Yes. Uh, but everyone was frazzle. Everyone was frazzling their hair within an inch of its life. Well, yeah. not Heidi, Keisha, and Mutia, because they had extensions to be frazzled. Fair enough. I love the hair extension album. Mutia looks quite strange wrong here. I think she just suits it a bit shorter. Do you? Yeah, I think she carries off short hair really well. Oh, I mean, she's all about she the long waist be- now. She, she loves looks, a wig. She looks beautiful. Yeah, no one's yeah. disputing that. 
Well, you know, hair extensions were affordable at this time. Glue was affordable. Did you, you guys never did hair extensions, did you? I had clip-ins, but I didn't. Did you? I didn't actually ever wear them out. I bought them from like, I think Primark or something. Claire's. I, I was, I was one You're of those. a short hair girl, really. I was always more or less short hair, yeah. My friend Charlie Brown used to have them. When we went to pick her up for a night out, she'd have them, she would have curled them and styled them before and had them on coat hangers. So you'd pick her up in the wow. car and she'd like hang them on the door, you know, the little handle bit. Yes. So it'd be like a little hair curtain. How's our mate Snoopy? <laughs> <laughs> I actually know three girls called Charlie Brown. What? Yeah, and they all go by Charlie. Oh, wow. I know. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, do you know what I mean? Find a trend, stick to it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of prep. I salute her. Well, yeah, and then in the club, she'd be constantly like, I'd be there with the glue. You'd be drunk off your tits and she'd be like, it's slipping, it's slipping. And you'd be like, gluing her hair Jeez. in. I say club, shout in Barnstable. <laughs> um, basically, glorified Weatherspoons on the dance floor. Love you though, shout. Please sponsor. But we don't support Weatherspoons. <laughs> uh, but we will take the sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> we will not say our songs. No, we won't. We won't. Anyway, before all this, before we even get into the album... While it is a Mutcha album, we get Baby Babe. Mm. Mutia has her daughter in March 2005. Here's one for me, linguistical challenges. Talia Mea Buena. Actually, that flows quite nicely. It's a beautiful name. I looked Talia, at thought, oh, it's actually lovely. Talia Mea Buena. Oh, so Mea will be named after her sister. So she is 19 when she has her child. So technically the borderline of a teen mum. Mate, she's had a full career by this point. Right? Is exactly what I've got written down. She's 19. I'm like, what? She's 19 and she's been a sugar babe for five years. Jesus Christ. Well, no, they've been releasing as sugar babes for five years. Seven years. Oh my god! I mean, that's the that's the pop career of that's of many dream would dream of. Yeah, you know, even so four right, years. Yeah. I mean, Jade is sitting salivating at this. <laughs> <laughs> she joined at nineteen, I believe. No, I think she's older. We'll, well cover Jade. Idiot. Save the shade for Jade. I know it's insane, isn't it? Interviews at the time, she's saying, "Oh, people say I'm 19. I'm really young." She's like, "I thought I should have had her sooner. Like, I'm so old. I can't keep up. I'm tired." That Uh, lifestyle must be so exhausting as well. It must age you. I feel like. Well, let's bear this in mind as we come into Mutia making her decision to leave the band because, although at the time they're not saying it's because of that, Mm. it has to be a factor. Oh, for sure. But let's put this into context of what we will have seen, because in the last series we talked a lot about the Spice Girls when they had their babies, like being on tour and still doing it. And they gave this kind of... I thought... I listened back to those episodes and I thought, have we given this slightly unrealistic expectation of being able to be a mother and work and have it all and whether that sort of set people up a bit? Yeah, like by praising it, are we saying that that's what you have to do? And also, or it's that not, it's attainable. Yeah, yeah, and also it's not a nine to five job, and all that traveling with a baby, even if you have a nanny or help with you. So I guess it's easier when you're making the album because you're in the studio. Although they were in America a lot with this album, working mm-hmm. with new producers, so maybe that makes it more difficult. Yeah, it's but hard. You can, yeah. you can just have them in the not in the booth, but next to the booth. Right. Yeah. I guess. But well, then, like, if, if if all the adults in the room are concentrating on... You would music, have a nanny, I think. You would though. have to, yeah. yeah. I don't know whether the sugar babes at this point were nanny money. But even, even a minder or a or relative, someone, like, yeah. yeah. But can you imagine one of us having a child and trying to record this podcast? It just, it couldn't right. really work. Right, okay, fair yeah. point. 
We can't even do it with Craig next door. Bang no. away. <laughs> uh, building, by the way, nothing. Yes. <laughs> nothing exciting. <laughs> Banging away, oh, I see. <laughs> well, I imagine this is a tricky thing for her as well because she's from a big family mm. and it's very much... Huge family. Yeah, like, do you know how many it was? Yeah, seven, I think. Wow, that wow. is big, isn't it? But regardless, she makes the album and we launch into press for it. We come out with a big single, Push the Button, mm-hmm. their fourth number one, the elevator anthem for all elevator anthems. Thoughts? I remember it feeling not very sugar babes at the time, but I loved it. I think I still like it. Push, push the button. I, I like it. I don't like it as much as, say, Stronger or Freak. You have to let go of the Angels album. I know. It's forever in in my heart, mate. (laughs) Forever in my heart. I suppose it's it's quite a like major key upbeat vibe for them. So this is their first Dallas Austin collaboration. So on this album, it's Dallas Austin helms it a lot. Do you know Dallas Austin? Is that Tatey? I think she may have worked with him, but that's not. He's not. You're thinking Max Martin is her big. Dallas Austin is most known for TLC. Okay. Oh. He did all the work on their earlier stuff. That's probably his big, but he's worked on loads of stuff. That's yeah. not his real name, is it? There's no way that's his real name. I don't know, man. Americans. Oh, because it's two towns. Uh, well, none yes. of these producers are their real names, are they really? Oh, right, maybe. So maybe it's not like Max Martin's not Max Martin's real name. Oh, really? Dallas Austin had a baby with Chili from TLC, just if you want to know. Oh, really? And you can find it all on the TLC story with Kiki Palmer. It was an American, what's that channel in America that always do the biopics? Lifetime. Lifetime. DM us and I'll send you the link. (laughs) I don't watch it every week. It's really good. Coming soon to one of the pops. (laughs) I can see why he would produce them because there's a lot of similarities between them and TLC. Hold that. Hold that. I have a theory coming up. Okay, okay. That's a good, well, that's a great lead-in. Thank you. This is a big gap, actually, for the Sugar Babes. They took a full 13 months between Caught in a Moment and Push the Button. And for them, that's quite a lot. Yeah, For a they pop were... career, that's, yeah. Yeah, so... it's def- this is definitely a comeback. Do you know what I mean? You mm. know, like, now we always talk about the comebacks. Yeah. Or whatever, when there's been a while between singles. Imagine the pressure on them as well. Yeah. I wonder whether a part of that is... They wanted to give time for Mitchie to go and have a baby. And I mean, that makes sense. go through that. Yeah. So I wonder how old our baby was when she came back to work. That's mere months. Are you, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. Can't be more than 13. Because <laughs> I don't think she was pregnant in the video. I don't remember seeing like her really pregnant. Them. You know, like... No, good. A... That's nice, I think, that she had the space. Yeah, I hope Never she did. For once. Know? Well, the papers were always at her, weren't they? But... They always don't remember to know about it. More about the dad as well. Right. They're always very they nosy. But as we've said, it's hard to find out a lot about the sugar babes' yeah. relationships. Yep. Unless it's Heidi. Which even then, you don't know much about our husband now, mm, you know? Yeah. Well, this is a big hit, Push the Button. It spends three weeks at number one. It was all over radio. It was. It was a big yeah, it was huge. radio play. So big, it was included in the opening ceremony at the London 2012 Summer Olympics. Was it really? Yeah, as part of the, you know, the... Montage. Montage of, of music, yeah. Oh, I see. Wow, that's not really the song I would have... Out of all For them, yeah, 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 yeah. What, oh, what, yeah, what, that's what, true. What button they pushing? Oh, so you know the story of Push the Button? Tell us a little. So, Keisha is in the studio... Oh, well, they're all in the studio. <laughs> Obviously, Keisha didn't make the whole album. <laughs> but I don't think Mitchell was there as much. 
And there was this other guy, they talk about this, this other guy in the studio that Keisha and him were having like this flirt with, there was like game on. But even though she kept dropping all these hints, he just wasn't getting it. Um, and so she was like, oh, you need to come up and push the button. That was what they were saying. The girls were like, oh, he needs to push the button and like ask her out. And uh, he wouldn't. So here was me thinking that it was if he was like a uh, engineer behind the glass, they were just like, push the button on the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the Scottish Do you know what actually? Actually, the real story push the is. Button. The real story is, Much had a breastfeed Jew, and <laughs> she was like, I want to lay down these vocals. I'm serving up voice here. Push the goddamn button. I've got somewhere to be. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, Keisha was getting a flat on. I have a completely um like why are we talking about the story of it then? This I wanna say, Forsyth, this is completely unsubstantiated and this is just me digging further than it is. It's all allegedly, guys. Hundred percent allegedly. Detective Aaron got out his monocle and his magnifying glass. Karen hates us, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just make... imagine me in one of those little hounds tooth. That's like glasses weird, it doesn't make any sense. You put the monocle and then the magnet that's like glasses on glasses. Now, a magnifying glass isn't a set of glasses. It's a handheld thing that I you put near the I know what a coin. magnifying glass is. I just think it's a lot of work. The kids at home probably don't know what a magnifying they glass is. They won't know what a bloody monocle is. They won't know what a sugar know. baby is. <laughs> they might know what a sugar baby is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, going back. So I had I have a theory about who Mystery Man might be. Mm-hmm. So they work a lot with Dallas Austin yeah. on this album. Mm-hmm. And then when Keisha goes into her solo career, who does she call in? None other than Dallas Austin. <laughs> she calls in Dallas Austin. Okay. And, you know, she says it's someone, it's a guy that was in the studio that just wasn't getting it. And she's oh. dropping all these hints. Ooh. And we do know that Dallas Austin does like to sleep with the people he makes records with. Oh. So I'm talking sure? chilly. What are you suggesting here? I'm not being blue. I'm not throwing blue here. <laughs> but I'm suggesting maybe the guy that didn't push the button was Dallas Austin. Oh. Completely unsubstantiated. Keisha will say it's not true and I will believe her, but a little part of me will always be like, oh. Should I request oh. him on LinkedIn? Do <laughs> it. <laughs> the last one didn't accept. Push the Button is nominated for a Brit Award for Best Single. They didn't win. No way did that well, win. Well, no, it did not win. But give us a quiz. Who would you like to play the Brits quiz winner game? Would I ever? <laughs> I will read you the nominees for a past Brit Award category and you must guess the winner. Are you ready? Category is Best British Single 2006. Coldplay, Speed of Sound. James Blunt, You Are Beautiful. Oh, that was this era. I think it's going to be that. Shane Ward. That's my goal. Sugar babe. (laughs) Sugar babes, push the button. Tony Christie featuring Peter Kay. Is this the way to Amarillo? Holy crap. No. What a load of shite. Compared to some of these great categories we have, we have entered a dirge year. I can't believe that that was nominated. Where it made a little money, it was a big. I remember it being big. I think it was a charity single. If yes, I'm right. of course. Okay, so here's me slagging fair it. Fair play, whatever. Yeah, well. So, Coldplay, Speed of Sound. Oh, it's James 100% Bunt, James Bond. It's a hu- I, I could bet my house on it. Shame. I'll board. bet that chair on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I think it's Coldplay. Well, I hate to tell you this, Lauren now owns your house. Woo-hoo! 
It's cold. You play. have to tell the Belgian walk. Is it really? What is that? Is that? Let's go down at the speed of sound. Yeah, I don't think it was let's go. It was no, birds go flying at the yeah. speed of sound. I am not a big Coldplay fan, but I did like that. James Bond. To be said. I know because he was robbed. Yeah, but then so was Push the Button. Come on, You're Beautiful is like a classic of all uh-huh. time. Yeah, Speed I of mean, Sound is a weak single from yeah. Coldplay. There's tons more out there. I mean, the Sugar Babes were not bothered. To capitalise on the song's success and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided... Bring out some lipsticks. Slap it on a soundtrack. Hey! <laughs> 2006, It's a Boy-Girl Thing. A body swap teen rom-com produced by Elton John's life partner, David Furnish. Oh my God, they actually... Uh... What's it called? It's a boy-girl thing. I can picture Me the... and Rona loved it. Really? Yes. Is there anyone in it? No. no. I've never heard of it. I've seen there's people in it. It's <laughs> like, it's it's very cheesy and enjoyable. It's, right. Yeah, it's basically the boy and the girl swap over. Um, Who doesn't have a body swap comedy? I mean, so. I feel like now if I watched it, I'd be like, my, my 32-year-old hat on, I'd be mm-hmm. like, problematic. Yeah. Gender norms. But, yeah. you know, at the time, I was into it. Not to be deferred any further, to capitalise on the song's success and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided, slap it on an advert. Yeah. Push the button is featured in a Tassimo coffee machine commercial. Tassimo. Well, of course, no, because push, the, push button. the button. Make a coffee. Of course. Oh, well, whilst, Einstein, yeah, whilst working on the well, idea of... Listen, I've had coffee. It's, yeah. Working on the idea of pushing buttons. Also used by the firefighters of Staffordshire to promote the regular testing of household smoke alarms. <laughs> Sugar babies, making pop, saving lives, making pop and saving lives. I love it. <laughs> the album would follow. My research is too deep. The album would follow in October and be their very first number one. Oh. So this is absolute peak Sugar Babe power. Yes, yes. they yes. are at their commercial peak, their critical peak, really. It's a funny time to leave. Yes, it is a, a bit. But I'm not from Mutia. No, mean, no, 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 no. Well, I'm just, I'm just putting the context in the world. Yeah, yeah. Discuss. I'm not, I'm not being blue. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. And so it's, in some it's, ways, it's, that's it's the hardest time. Decision. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It also became the first. They became the first group to top the singles, album, airplay, and download charts simultaneously. So this wow. is us really moving into the digital era. Yeah. And the sugar babes are on it. Like, yeah. they are responding well to that. I mean, and that is impressive. You consider that, like, their first singles were, like, on cassette. They've, you know, they've waited. Yeah, you're right. One Touch would have been. I mean, I had the CD. So.com. <laughs> so, but, like, they've they've really been around for a while now. And they're transferring onto the new medium. And this is the time when it was, you know... So they are ahead of the curve with it. They yeah. are fresh and hip. Uh, it'd be interesting to know how the download chart worked at that time because remember there was lots of controversy about it wasn't being counted or it was being counted separately. So it is a separate chart at this point. Is, yeah. Right, okay. So some background on the album. Hold in the Head had been released in the States in July of 2004 and so they met with American producers chasing a more American sound. Why? Money, 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 money! I mean, who wouldn't? (laughs) Well, right, I don't blame them. Between records, there is rumours of tension in the band. When wasn't there? More tensions and tank tops. Probably because there was always tensions in the band. I mean, if you think of work colleagues, if you think of three of your work colleagues, 
There's probably always someone that you're not I quite think, getting on with, someone who doesn't wish I was actually going to say three's a crowd and I realised we were three. <laughs> but I, I do think sometimes there is, like, people gang up. Not, I don't really think with us because we all kind of speak our minds, but I think people do, there is a gang mentality sometimes, isn't there, with three? Sure, and you're always going to, there's always just going to be tensions when you're that much with someone. Yeah. And I still think if they've got this bloody secret language going on. I think they would have dropped that. That's a kid's thing, isn't it? That's something yeah. they're doing as teens. You yeah. hope so. I'm certain, I'm certain that that all stopped. Yeah. Well, I'm once she worked it. it out as well. Well, she Heidi's like, hey guys, I fucking no, I know what you're saying. No, I've probably. known for five years. Well, Keisha said that understandably, Mutia wasn't as present during the making of this album. Yeah, uh, that it was hiding her a lot, but that they added her to the writing credits. Generous. Well, that's. I actually think. Let's not say generous now, because when we were talking about the Spice Girls, and we said their approach was always to be it was Spice Girls on the writing credits as a group, no matter who did what. Yeah. We really praised that. So yeah, we actually did. this is, generous yeah. is probably, and she's going through time. Right you know, she's having her first child. As you should be. You should like, be supportive of people doing that. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing that they shouldn't have done it. I think it's good. But that yeah. would look like tension to me in the papers. If I was yeah, a newspaper, yeah, I'd be like, true. oh, I'm going to dig that. I'm going to scratch at that. Yeah. But musically, they're all loving it. Much is saying it's our best album, at least 30 to 40 times better than the last one. It's very specific. She's got her maths on. 30 oh, to 40 times. Wow. At least. So, so she really didn't like three is what she's saying. <laughs> I phoned that one in, babe. Yeah. <laughs> she said there's a track called Follow Me Home, which is a step up from Stronger, and one called Red Dress, which moves on from Round Round. Every track is different and is very diverse, including a favourite of R&B Crunk. Which remember when Crunk was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Crunk. <laughs> I am annoyed that it's like, oh, Follow Me is a better version of Stronger. Red dress is a better version of round round. It's, Push the button is a better it version. Need to like, be why do you have to keep remaking? And yeah, I'm yeah. like, is that them? Yeah. Is that there could be many? Is that them running out of ideas? It's a fourth album. Come on, like yeah. that's difficult. Or is it the record label going? We want another round round. We want another stronger. Yeah. True. It's true. Well, it, I suppose their attitude is: if it's broke, don't fix it. Yeah. The Guardian called it Titanic pop experimentation. Oh. I like that. I like that too. There's only four tracks on the album not written by them. So they are very much involved. Yeah. yeah. And reviews are favourable on this Taller in More Ways album. Can I just say, side note, very strange title for an album. So it's a, it's a, a yeah, it is an uncomfortable title. I like it. They are not the best at titles. No. So if it's not named after a track, yeah. what, then what, they what are struggling. What's not appealing? What, what? Tall in more ways, what does that Taller mean? Taller in more ways. Does that not mean as in they're they're growing as a band, they're more they're yeah. becoming more within themselves? That's yeah. That's the way I would see more confidence wise. But yeah. I'm just like it just feels like a clumsy it's yeah, phrase. It's that. For a lyric. So the lyric goes, I grew taller in, than them in more ways. It's it's you know. But if it makes yeah. you feel better, they didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Dallas Austin for I that. I feel one. like like, it's li- weird when people use a lyric as well. Why don't I just come up with a completely new... Oh, I like it more when it's a lyric rather than... Well, I would rather a fresh new title, mm, but I would definitely. rather a lyric than a title track. Rather than just three. I really don't like... I really hate it when the album is named after a single. Yeah. I, I don't think... mind an album track, but I would prefer a lyric or a new name. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I liked The Girls Allows What Will The Neighbours Say? 
which was a lyric from Love Machine. Yeah. Which I liked, yeah. So that works, especially yeah. when it makes... And I do think this makes sense for the album. Like, they will have grown a lot. It's been 13 months. Yeah. Some of them are literally taller because they were babies. Like, yeah. Keisha <laughs> is definitely taller in many more ways. Because her hair is much longer now because yeah. of the extensions. Yeah. And she has grown. And they're wearing really high heels. So that's <laughs> in, Which we get to see for all the foot fetishists on yep. the front of the album. So the reviews were very favourable. Like I say, Guardian called it a Titanic pop experimentation, which is fitting because yeah. not all the passengers made it. Wow. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Was that the joke you were talking about? No. Was the you first mean there's one more? Done. No, it's why I've already done it. <laughs> and I think in general, I really like this album. I think it's, a bit harder, I think. It's still very much them, though. It doesn't mm. feel like they've changed too much. Yeah. But I do feel a sense of trying in this. And I don't know whether that's from the record label or from mm. them. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of replication. So we're going to go on next to talk about the next single, which is Ugly. Right, yeah. Also Dallas Austin, mm. written and produced, which I can't hear anyone say isn't a blatant attempt to be TLC's Unpretty. Wow, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. For real? Yeah. yeah. I 100%. I'm not massively, I don't know much about TLC. It was kind of before my time. Sorry, Erin. But, no, don't be. But there's mine, some, I just got into it. There's some TLC songs that are just like iconic. And yeah. And Unpretty is one of them. It's true. Yeah. Gotta Be You was compared favourably to Aaliyah's love. Try Again. Oh, I can see it. I love yeah. that song. Beat. Why it wasn't a single, I don't know. Possibly because they, yeah. you know how the Sugar Babes love to go bang a ballad. Oh, it yeah. maybe was going to be pitched to be a third single, but Mutia had left because it very much tackles the press, which makes sense in a good Mutia sense. So the lyric right. is, now you're talking this stuff, seems I'm getting dissed what Newsweek you would say today, look at Mutia. You can't ever really even know me because my ass is the only thing you'll see about objectification in the media. So did they change that. that word when she left? Yeah, so it's Newsweek. You could say today, look at her though, I think. Oh. I don't think they say Amel. I don't think... No. They, <laughs> they so Amel but, sings it, but they yeah. change it to look at her though or something. Okay. Yeah, they do change that. Would it be weird to keep her name in? I think what's weird, and we'll talk about it when we do Amel, is... They only recorded some, re-recorded some yeah, tracks. Yeah. So to change a, li- a muchier lyric, like do another track. But that says to me even more that Gotta Be You was favoured as a single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think the girls have said they wanted that to be a single and they had a good mm-hmm. idea for video. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we know that bands don't really get to choose the singles. It's all done it's by true. labels and often it's yep, poor yep. choices. Yeah. Yeah. LM5 really got some... Yeah. missed opportunities for singles and it was annoying to me that it was just the Amel recordings that are on Spotify yeah yeah. let's do that when we do the Amel okay. version yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves because we are angry about it yeah. not angry I'm just like Ugh. poetically objective well let's go into Ugly then so this is the second single guess what time of year it comes around Christmas. They really, management really wanted a Christmas number one from the Sugar Babes. They really did. The video really reminds me of sort of Christina Aguilera era with the beautiful. Yeah. Well, that is that sort of empowerment song. A part of me also goes, don't we need lots more songs like that in the world anyway? So why do we have to go, oh, here it is and I'm pretty or beautiful. Yeah. But it's because there are relatively few of them because all you're meant to sing about is sucking dick and dressing like a slut and boys breaking your boys, heart boys 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 and how you want to get back with that boy even though yeah. he's an arsehole come yeah. on baby I'll make it easy uh. um, <laughs> next episode so 
I, I think it's great that they have songs like this and I want to see more of them. I love them. Yeah. But you're right, they do all tend to fall into a similar sort of trope. Well, here is where drama starts. Okay, popcorn ready. So I wonder, so you know I have said this is very TLC's Unpretty. Yeah. I have a theory that they are really trying to make the Sugar Babes a British TLC. Right. They brought <laughs> Dallas Austin in. Yeah. And they go really hard for what I feel like replicating some of the TLC type songs. Yeah. So Ugly is definitely an unpretty. Yeah. Another track off the album, Follow Me Home, that we will cover in the next episode because it's a single with a metal, um, feels very much like it's talking about issues. It's like, oh, you know, if you're in trouble, like follow me home. Because TLC was very issues based. Like they were the first band to... You know, they wore condoms in their first video to talk about safe sex. Yeah. They talk about, they were the first band to sing about AIDS in the Waterfalls video. Yeah. Like, they named it specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they were very issues-based. They were very right ahead of their time in that yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, they were. And I wonder whether they were trying to push Sugar Babes down this way. Like, whether Follow Me Home was meant to be a version mm. of Waterfalls. And that makes me think, is Push the Button meant to be No Scrubs? I mean, not as strong as that then, yeah. No, but I, I think that is the angle they've got to make. And it makes sense because the Sugar Babes have always sense. talked about real issues. You know, yeah. when we sing, when we talk about One Touch, yeah, they're really singing about things with meaning. They're not that band, or they weren't that band, that just sing vacuous, where my kiss type songs. Yeah. yeah, and also the strength of their vocal delivery gave, just imbued everything with more meaning. Gravitas. Gravitas, exactly. I'm not saying it's a bad mood. I'm just saying, looking back, I was like, oh, was that a calculated move by the management? Probably. Or just a natural move by Maybe them? Maybe just a financial movement. They know that stuff sells, so they're like, let's yeah. just pog it, pog it, pog it. So like I said, we hit the drama. The song comes out on December the 5th. Mutia is gone by December the 21st. She's not in this album cycle for long. She has gone quick sharp. Right. So the song comes out on December the 5th. It charts at number three, which it should. It's a great song. I think it should be on radio more now still. I'm surprised it doesn't get the plays. Yeah. Come on, Heart FM, sort it out. But she is gone right before Christmas. And then they have a mail-in by December the 23rd. Wow. They do 48 not... hours. They do not fuck around, man. Happy and... Christmas, Amel. Yeah. It makes me think, right, they must have... It gives me the impression that it wasn't like a shock. Management will have been like, okay, well, we if we have another Siobhan situation, this is what we'll do. These are the backups. Well, because there were, I think there was, uh, I don't want to say problems because I think that's unfair, but there was challenges yeah. with Mutia for a while. Like sometimes because of the pressures of being on that, she was late a lot. Yeah. So she kept the other girls waiting a lot and sometimes she just wouldn't turn up right. like, and she would miss flights and things. I get the impression the Sugar Babes were relatively chaotic, especially around flying. Yeah. Heidi did not like flying. She absolutely hated it. She cried every time, apparently. I thought that was Keisha. Keisha also hated flying. But Heidi hated it so much more that Keisha had to help Heidi through it. Oh my God. How much that helped Keisha, I do not know. I picture three crying girls at the front (laughs) of first class. And I bet it was one of those... Oh, Tracy, I hear you got the sugar babes on your flight today. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it must have been an absolute night. But what can you do if you hate flying but you love being a pop star? Well, you get hypnotherapy or you get the best treatment. You, you can't complain anymore. They already don't dance. <laughs> you can't be making any more problems. Come on, Keisha, let's just practice the sugar shuffle. So I think it was always quite chaotic and it must have been difficult. And then even, you know, like when you've got a child, if she's got her with her and that you're trying to do that, I think maybe that did make management go, is she going to be able to do this yeah. forever? Yeah. And, you know, Muti is not shy of a bit of, you know, speaking her mind. So yeah. it probably was quite apparent early on that, you know, it maybe uh, wasn't working. I bet there were many moments when she said, like, I don't need this. Yeah. 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 And empty threats. But also, yeah. I think she quite rightly would have gone, you're an employee, you owe a duty of care to this situation. Yeah. Just because pop music isn't a normal job doesn't mean that I can't, I shouldn't have rights. Or that things. she should be able to have... A family yeah like, that's her right yeah. yeah i guess it's so difficult it shouldn't be there's such a thing with women though isn't there mm. like if a guy goes and has a baby it's fine but i oh, suppose it completely yeah. changes the image i bet they held yeah. that against her mm-hmm. i bet they said things like that to her because mm. i mean you think about it push the button when they come out yeah she's in like the tiny little pants and the long sleeve top like it's way more sexualizing you'd normally have seen from her by that point i think yeah yeah i know she got kinky in the two lost in you video <laughs> dripping candle wax or does she pour ice on them or is Some, she the one that slaps like that. them with the uh. they've got their fetishes haven't they yeah yeah <laughs> Fifty Shades of Lauren. By by this point, it's so funny, like, looking at at the progression from sitting in the back of taxis to full-on BDSM club. Like, it's hilarious. For more on our thoughts on the videos, uh, subscribe to our Sugar Patreon, become our Sugar Mamas and Sugar Daddies, and we do a full review for each one. So, Amel joins in in the middle of album promotion, in the middle of ugly promotion. But the Sugar Babes frat management don't let that put them off. It will not surprise you to learn that to further the finances of the Sugar Babes brand, management decide not to put it on a soundtrack. What? Da, da, da. But in March 2006, it was announced by the Commission for Racial Equality that the song would be used to support injustice in Welsh schools. What? Yes. So random. So for the most part, it's a friendly, amicable leaving of the band you know their girls say she wanted to spend more time with her daughter which totally reads yeah and it is understandable you would be missing a lot and it must be it i bet they have grueling schedules it must be hard to try and, and do time that. zones as well and yeah yeah there are a lot of mixed stories that come out over the next sort of decade or so since she's left which yeah. maybe paint a slightly different picture i think some of them are worth discussing i mean she says she left because she didn't like the direction the band were being Pushed is the uh. word she used. Push. Specifically that it was becoming too formulaic, which is what we said before about uh. the replication of songs. Yeah. So I know she was the one before that said, oh, it's 30, 40 times better, this is this. But when you're on a payroll, <laughs> you have to say that. Like, it's not True. like she's going to come out and be like, actually, to be honest, I think this album's bullcrap. To and, be honest, uh, I can see her doing that. Though. Yeah, to be fair, Amy Winehouse would, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd be like, this isn't the album I wanted to make. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, actually, when I think about it, that f- that statement that she made about, oh, it's like this and it's like this, I feel like she was just trying to find something to say about maybe. it. Maybe. Like, yeah, maybe. She was just Yeah, I cannot see her coming out in support of Red Dress. <laughs> yeah. No. Guns blazing. There are also similarities to Savon leaving. So she has mentioned 
uh, a lot in lots of different ways about about depression so postnatal depression as well as general depression and anxiety and not being supported well-being point of view within the band yeah it's sad so a lot of it says about her state of mind mm. i just think it must be so hard i think we've covered it for the most part i want to make sure we've done it sensitively but juggling parenthood and being in a band and having all this talk at you being in yeah. photo shoots also what we haven't so much covered on is the press yeah they the hound and her, of all the girls in the, i know keisha gets the bully mark yeah so whenever it was anything about uh, rifts or tensions yeah that was at keisha's door yeah. but if anyone was getting the trashy type stories oh you're a trash bag type stories it yeah. was muttier yeah actually if you look at this from a race point of view i would say that heidi was very favourable in the press. A hundred. But then also, as we discussed in her last episode, she is a joy. She is. And I'm not saying Mutcher and Keisha are, but they have an edge. Is Mm. that also, I I don't doubt that Heidi is a nice person, but is that also a portrayal from the media Uh, as well? Yes. No, I think... Very good point. I think there is a... Absolutely. There is a bias there. Yeah. I think there's... Obviously, it's complex because they do have very much their own personalities. But, like, I think from the media's point of view, they're more likely to... Let's face it, if you're black, you're more likely to be seen to be bossy or speaking out of turn or if you even just assert yourself you're seen as too dominant or you know so you're kind of unfavorably seen it's labeled but i think that is only because she is in a band with two people of a different ethnic race because you think what they did to atomic kitten and carrie katona similar yeah carrie and heidi in terms of looks wise at that time are very Mm. similar i hope that's not being blue to anyone but you know they could and they turned carrie into that because within that band yeah she was the trashy one yeah whereas i don't know enough about heidi's background i don't know whether she's you know from as difficult a background as carrie i don't think so you know you know is she just being painted as the favorable one because of who she stood next to Mm. it's true because she could have easily been our blonde white trash from liverpool yeah, I also feel that because Mutia was, you know, she did speak her mind, it did go against her. And and really, in some ways, it should be more, you know, you should admire that more that yeah. she was. Because yeah, that's what the fans like. Yeah. That's why the yeah. fans are on her back. Indeed. But, like, I mean, you think about who's writing this stuff. A lot of the time, it's uh, white straight males who yeah. are like... Straight males. Angry straight males who are like... Oh, let's put this little girl in her place. But you know, let's not forget the likes of the tabloids. Do you remember? Was it the three AM girls? Do you remember the? That? Oh yeah. And they were the worst at talking shit about. <sighs> yeah, pop but that is—that's like Margaret Thatcher, isn't it? It's like yeah. you get one woman at the top, and yeah. rather than holding out a hand to help up her sisters, so she closes the door behind her. Theresa May is like. Theresa May did up. exactly the same. Well, yeah. no, she did exactly the same. Yeah. She was in power, and she's not holding out her hand. I mean, oh, well, God, no. God would do to have a Essentially, back. what we're summing summing up here is the internalised misogyny of the tabloid press. They but also it. women not supporting women. There is a huge well, thing of is. women getting to the top, either because they feel like they have to, or because, yeah, the internalised, like you say. Internalised misogyny. So, like, as a woman, you're like, this is just how it is. We have to name and shame these people for being assertive, or speaking their minds, or... 
you know, going out and having loads of sex and enjoying their lives. Let's yeah. shame them for that. And yeah. it would be so much easier for the press to be shaming Mitchell because suddenly now she's a teen mum. And yeah. the, all that the implications, especially yeah. at that time, mm-hmm. they were being thrown that way. This is when we're really getting that strong benefits narrative of oh yeah. young teen girls just getting themselves pregnant so they can get a council house yeah now, i know that's not mutia yeah but that's definitely what they would have cast her as yeah. because of where she came from in north london yeah, yeah. and like yeah. it's, it's exactly what they would have been saying yeah and because at some point in her lineage there's immigration oh so they've come over here like you know that that's the press that was building up at that time that's led us to where we are in 2020 yeah yeah tragic for her part though she's always been very nice about the leaving part of it you know she says there's no tensions with the girl she says i've got two sisters so when we get together we fight over nothing when you grow up in a band with two other girls you see them more than your family the same thing happens there's no aggro between me keisha and heidi i saw keisha briefly at the mobile wars but i haven't seen heidi since i left perhaps there were more disagreements between me and her as we were very close maybe there was a bit more hurt on her side I think mm-hmm. people will get over stuff when they're ready. Because I suppose you need to remember that Keisha was Mutia's friend for a yeah. while. So you wonder if, they, if that was cut off or whether they did maintain that. But it's going to be hard because they've said, like, while they were working as sugar babes, they didn't see their old friends from home anyway because you can't. No, no. It's not like... <laughs> you yeah. can't just pop down the park. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I'm going to the park with yeah, um, yeah. Talia tomorrow. Do you want to come around? Yeah. Oh, I would, but we're filming in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, and you know, Keisha never makes the effort. And also communication back then would have been so much harder. It would have been a text message back and forth. Yeah. You know, it's not like a WhatsApp with the sugar babes. Or... I struggled to keep in touch with my friends from Devon when I was at uni in the Midlands. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's... You, you you are going to have those gaps, so it totally makes sense to me anyway. And then when you've got papers saying what they're saying, it's going to get caught up. I think what she's more upset with... Caught in a moment. <laughs> she's caught in a moment. She's too lost in it. I think what she's more upset about is the speed with which Amel is brought in. Definitely. That is a kick in the teeth. And this is where I feel like the actions of the management speak volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just From the beginning to the end. I mean, we'll obviously talk more about this. But it just feels like chess pieces. They just... Yeah, it's like a carousel, isn't it? Yeah, or a carousel. They're just like, okay, next. Thank you, next. Which is so weird because they... The formation is so organic and genuine. Yeah. Like, they weren't even auditioned. They were three girls who happened to be in a studio together. Who wrote their own music at such a young age. Didn't have big producers at the start. Yeah. It was very, very organic, the way the Sugar Babes came And I think this, the Muttia leaving Amel coming in, is the tipping point for brand babes. I I think it is, because I think my memory of the time is... Because to me, Muttia... She was like a core member yeah. of the brand. Her she voice, was a face. Her yeah. voice. She her really face. was as important as Heidi. <laughs> no, I'm like saying VB. I'm so yeah. I'm saying no. She was much more important. Like to me, Mutia and Keisha. Yeah, yeah they are sugar babes. The faces of the babe. Yeah. They are. So, so so like I think for her not to be in anymore. I mean, and then the fact that they just replaced them and continued on and I remember myself and a lot of other people being at the time like seriously I think Mutia was quite disappointed that someone was brought in at such high speed but also you know the looks and the voice it did seem like they could be in some similarity to Mutia and I think she felt that well she described it as cloning Yeah, yeah she felt like they'd looked for a clone of her which is that's quite sad isn't it but yeah, yeah I guess that's the feeling of you're like oh was I just like a piece of the puzzle and so you were just like oh well just find a similar shape yeah and 
been fetter in. I also, for me, it's like, it's not even just that it's within 48 hours, which means you, you, you've had someone in mind. So yeah. the manager had, had seen Amel at a showcase like uh, not months before or something mm. and had remembered her. Oh, well, should Mutcher ever leave? Do like, you think they have a little catalogue, right? If Keisha leaves, we've got these girls, if Heidi leaves. I don't think it's as organised as that, but I think they definitely must have at that time. Yeah. They must have been like, oh, like things are getting a bit I tense I don't here. think Mutcher would have kept quiet in the last couple of months. I think it would have been very apparent she was going to leave. Yeah, yeah maybe. probably. Oh, I don't know. I just think they would have probably been a bit, they'd probably be thinking, I wish you hadn't recorded this album. Because <laughs> to them, that would be a lot of money you know yeah. to re-record but for me it's getting them in before Christmas mm-hmm. she comes in on Christmas Eve I don't or the 23rd did I say it was like, like right before let her have New Year do you know what I mean how much how much are they doing in that window yeah. and how much anxiety would a male have over that Christmas thinking right what's going to happen in January you know are you she... joking she'd be absolutely buzzing I'd be I'd be like telling everyone but it'd be the apprehension as well wouldn't nah, it nah I'd be out Christmas Eve at shouting Barnstable being like I'm a sugar babe yeah Hey, the tequilas are me. straight away, this is why you're not going to be a girl band member because you've got to think about you. You know what those girls have had publicly and in the tabloids, so you're already aware of your image. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you've actually got to go, oh shit, I actually am a Well, I don't think Amel was worried about that. Right. Well, the last little bit of popcorn I'll throw before we take a little break. The relations between the girls were not great. They sort of came to a shuddering halt, really. After months of no contact, there's an embarrassing encounter at CDUK. In early 2006. Oof. Tell me it's filmed. No. <sighs> Mucha says, I made the effort to go and see the girls and say hello to Amel, and they threw it in my face. Apparently, Heidi was shocked and upset, and I made Amel feel out of place. For Keisha's part, her recollection of that is, it was just before a performance, and Heidi was a bit surprised by it, and stunned and it really threw them off their performance which maybe at the time she thought felt a bit calculated or more than likely Heidi just started crying because she is sensitive and then that would have thrown them off their performance yeah and then it may have looked worse and then much would have been like you know you know how you get something small can get um, twisted a bit by, yeah, by your yeah. perception of it if you don't then immediately talk about it after and I mean it may have been completely she meant it completely nicely yeah but she just hadn't thought maybe did it a bit abrasively yeah oh it could have been like one of those where you walk up and like joke and they go all right bitches or you say yeah. Yeah. break a leg <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or oh someone hasn't called me do you know what i mean thinking you're making a joke but actually maybe it comes out a bit more barbed yeah. and because they know mutia i mean maybe mutia was slightly intimidating or or a male thinks she's intimidating because she has also read the tabloid yeah. and perhaps she is you know I, me as a person I I know that I'm quite abrasive and, and I don't mean it but you guys know that that's just oh, me oh right but last night other... when you kicked off because we didn't make coconut rice that you didn't uh, ask us to make yeah exactly exactly guys why are you not minding god damn it but what I'm saying is you guys would know that I would mean that in jest but if for example a male's never met her before she might you know, oh yeah they might be like oh god she's so rude but actually you just know that that's that person yeah oh yeah that's true well that was a shocking first half of the episode we're going to take a break now when we come back we will be deep diving into the solo career of Mutia Buena this podcast was brought to you by three friends who love pop music what we love more is reaching as many people as possible so if you've enjoyed this please share this either with people directly or through your socials if this hasn't been enough for you well lucky day there is more content on our social medias at pod of the pops 
or you can be one of our lucky exclusive fans that joins our Sugar Patreon, where we have exclusive content, including video reviews, there's some stand-up on there, there's all sorts. If there's anything you want to get in touch with us about and you want to let us know anything you want more of, then just let us know on any of our socials, at Pod of the Pops. All of the details for all of this are also available on our website, www.podofthepops.co.uk. We love you so much for listening. Pot of the Pops was written by Aaron Twitchin and produced with Lauren Cameron and Karen Gibb. Thank you to our Patreons for making this podcast possible. Love you and see you next time. <laughs>